There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. I know it's not Halloween yet. We're a week away from it. And I really don't like talking about the 25th of December till Halloween is gone. I'm a bit of a traditionalist like that, even though that seems to be gone out the window. But the Christmas table, the centrepiece of the table, is always in our house and has been since I was a child in my parents' house. The turkey, and in many houses, it still is the number one. And, of course, turkeys are being rare at the moment. But there is a danger that a situation could arise with bird or avian flu, if you like to call it, that could complicate the situation. And of course, there are more issues involved as well. I'm delighted to say hello again to a man who's been out talking about this in recent days. He's a good friend of ours. I've uh, visited his turkey farm on a number of occasions over the years. Terman and delicious turkeys. David McAvoy's on the line. Hello, David. How are you, Jerry? How are you keeping? I'm good. And David, just to, to, to that issue first, uh, avian bird flu. A lot of talk of it in the UK. How are we fixed here or how are you fixed? Yeah, well, it's it's sort of a, a situation that you have to keep monitoring all the time. And uh, there is uh, the danger that it does come a little bit further uh, west uh, to Ireland. Um, the, principally, the routes uh, the birds uh, take uh, for uh, migration uh, come across the wetlands in the, the eastern part of the UK. Uh, but the bird flu seems to be, have come endemic uh, within the population uh, in the UK, and they already have lockdowns uh, with all the free-range poultry on the, in Norfolk and in various other parts of the country. Um, now, we, you just have to hope that it doesn't come this far, but it is very worrying for anybody that has poultry because um, it's, uh, it's something that it could just wipe out a flock very easily, you know. And it's wild birds in flight are moving between the UK and Ireland, and they'd hit us first here, of course, on the east coast where you are, that the worry is it's wild birds carry this. Yeah, it, it seems to be uh, waterfowl particularly uh, that seem to be badly affected by it, and uh, there's been a lot of deaths in the wild bird population in the UK. And uh, normally the, the bird flu would, you know, isn't there over the summer or isn't carried from year to year. It kind of comes in uh, the odd year. Last year it came in, but it actually never left the wild bird population in the UK, uh, which is the first time that has happened. 
and uh, it's just you know it's a, it's if it's happening there then there's a you know a possibility that it may start to happen here where it becomes endemic in the population if that was the situation uh, you would probably end up with no free range poultry being produced in the country mm. uh, in the UK they're very worried about the free range uh, production of eggs and then just on the the chickens on a weekly basis because um, if, it, if the situation arises that it's there all the time well then there just won't be any free range production and, yeah, and, and you are a free range man as well I know from experience you let your girls ramble they're out and about they love it etc but if this threat became imminent or there was a warning you'd have to enclose them and keep them indoors too? Yeah, no, if, if uh, the department decide uh, that uh, the birds have to be kept in, then they just have to be kept in. If there was any outbreaks in the Republic or even in Northern Ireland, uh, which wouldn't be too far away from us, uh, then we would probably get a derogation to, you know, we'd be told to keep the boards in. Um, mm. and at that point, we would have to keep them in. Now, it's not so bad. It's only five weeks of Christmas and they've been outside since the beginning of July. So uh, they've had plenty of time outside at this point. But it, it's still kind of a very uh, tight situation because there are, like, it's approximately five weeks to, you know, the processing of turkeys in Ireland. Mm. So I'm sure a lot of poultry producers are have their fingers crossed that, you know, nothing kind of comes in here yeah. in the meantime, you know. But as I said, already in the UK, they're closing down areas where, you know, there's no outdoor production at all, you know. But... I mean, ours is only a seasonal business. Yes. The big impact would be probably if it was to come in and stay in the in the in the wild boar population here would be the likes of your free range eggs, uh, the likes of your free range chickens. Mm. Uh, that would all come to an end uh, if you know it became too uh, too much of a problem in in uh, the poultry industry. You know? Yes. How many have you, David, this year? Uh, well, we won't know we're, we're, yeah, we're at roughly. Christmas, but somewhere around 3,000. Mm, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of birds. And, you know, if it gets in, if you get a case, is that the whole flock gone? Yeah, that's it. Um, once you have, once you're uh, even within a zone, you could possibly be uh, depopulated. Really? So, um, mm. they, they, I don't know exactly. I think it's three kilometres. If you're within three kilometres of a, an outbreak, then uh, there's a depopulation. You know, so. God, it's it's a real, real worry and a genuine concern. And of course, it goes without saying, I take it, uh, that the cost of production this year, you're feeling the effects too. Yes, uh, well, whether, you know, we're basically in an economic war uh, with Russia, uh, where uh, the, the war has caused uh, the raw material costs, which is basically the grain, um, and then everything that goes along with that fuel cost uh, has just spiralled. It's uh, just, you know, it's it's kind of we what we've had in this year is we've had 20 years inflation just brought into one year. So there's been pretty stable prices for the last, well, I suppose, 30 years. Uh, but uh, this year um, it has just been, you know, it's, it's probably somewhere around seven euros a board extra. Uh, to produce a turkey, mm. you know, and uh, there's a real, real problem um, with uh, the production of uh, eggs uh, for producing the turkey chicks on the continent uh, where they had a lot of board flu and a lot of the flocks that produce the eggs that are incubated to produce the turkeys uh, were wiped out. So there was a big shortage of actual turkey poults in Europe uh, this uh, summer gone by and coming into the winter. Mm. So that has made, uh, I mean, turkey prices at the moment in the international wholesale market are approximately 45% above what they were last year or any other year Mm. or any other recent year, you know. So 
it just means that it's going to be very, very tight this Christmas. You know? Yeah, of course it is. Um, the year, you know, you we spoke and followed your, your year there with you, and I, I know that you love dry weather, warm weather. Oh, I was thinking about you the last few days and your girls with those downpours. I'm sure uh, it was just difficult. Well, I mean, the, the, it's not. It doesn't affect the boards particularly. But what happens is the ground becomes so waterlogged that you you can end up creating a lot of muck outside. Mm. Uh, so you just don't want the absolute downpours we've been having. Uh, it's just beautiful at the moment, and uh, everything's drying up. And that bit of sun uh, will help dry things further. So just hopefully, when we do get the bit of rain, it isn't coming in a deluge. Uh, like we've had at the weekend, uh, I mean, actually Forder South, it was worse again. The, the rain was even heavier. Yeah. So we sort of got off a little bit lightly. But, uh, I mean, last year we didn't have a wet day for September mm. and October. Uh, this year we've probably had, you know, 20 wet days yes. for those two months. So, mm. you know, it just uh, it just makes it a little bit more difficult. It, do, it doesn't affect my boards because they're a good age uh, and they have like a wax coating on their feathers and, you know, they're mature. But uh, if somebody was trying to uh, let out turkeys that were hatched in September, uh, then they would run into real difficulty because they, they, those boards wouldn't be able to withstand that kind of wet, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, remind me again, Mr. Fox is a predator, of course. Is, is there predators in the skies? Did you talk to me about that before? Yeah. No, no. Well, I tell you what, the, the the there's a lot of buzzards flying around term in fact in the in the skies and the, that whole area. And when they see the buzzards, uh, they kind of get a little bit panicked uh, because I suppose they have, even though they, I don't know where they've learned the knowledge. <laughs> they're they're kind of domesticated uh, poultry. They still have the instinct that when they see a uh, uh, buzzard in the sky, they're kind of thinking of a golden eagle maybe coming down to swoop mm. them away. But uh, the buzzard. The buzzards, they might fly down to the posts and things like that and have a look at the turkeys, but they don't go near them. Uh, they're not kind of a... Uh, they're more of a scavenger uh, buzzard rather yeah. than uh, an attack uh, uh, type uh, prey, border prey. So, But the birds, the turkeys do get a bit scared when they see them flying in the sky, you know. Mm. Uh, the same as when they see an airplane really high up uh, flying over, they kind of think it's a, a border prey as well. But uh, now the foxes aren't too bad. They come in around the sheds at night uh, but the boards are in at night, so yes. it doesn't affect them. It's mm. more maybe a domesticated dog that's on the loose or whatever. Uh, but touch wood now, we haven't had a problem in a good few years uh, regarding uh, mm. any attacks. But uh, certainly, uh, you'd have to keep an eye to make sure you have everything secure at night. Yes. Uh, nothing can get in because they, they do come around the sheds and they look in and try to get in and Mm. but uh, they, they they just can't you know and um, you know it just shows the innate nature of them as you say even though they're domesticated uh, that that sort of is built into their DNA and just before you finish are they making well weight wise are you happy with them yeah no the, the weights are fine you know the weights are fine we actually would prefer a little bit now would be that the weather be just a tiny bit colder um, and that actually helps their appetite and it helps them put on a little bit more weight uh, if it's really really mild they're a bit like ourselves. They don't feel like eating as much and therefore they actually don't put on as much weight. Mm. Uh, but, um, you know, touch wood so far this year, they're looking great. Uh, they, you know, they've started to gobble. Uh, turkeys <laughs> don't gobble till they're 20 weeks old and there's a goblin now. Uh, a lot of turkeys around the country would never get to gobble because they're not yes. actually kept long enough to, to develop the the, the vocal uh, cords to gobble. But uh, they, um, they're looking great. They're, they really are. The colours are looking fantastic on them. Well, good on you, and uh, stay away, please, Bard Avian Flu. We uh, don't need you here uh, for the next number of weeks, or at any stage, I have to say. Thank you so much for joining me, and wish you well on the run into the Christmas season.
that's it thank you very much Sherry take care of yourself bye bye that's David McAvoy there from Terman Feckin delicious turkeys they are delicious I can vouch for it I'll be having a couple myself this year for sure. The the bronze turkey, and I don't know what the flavour of them is, just something else. They really are. But there you are. Many threats, many difficulties, and day-to-day just keeping a good eye on it. Louise, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble again. You won't believe this. I'm in trouble with me kettle. It looks like it's on the blink. The kettle that you just bought? Well, when you bought it recently. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I bought it, I think, last Christmas, but oh. I didn't use it, you see. Uh, <laughs> That's I worse again. Bought it, I bought a set in Harvey Norman. Uh-huh. I think it's DeLonghi it is. It's a, That's a good make. A, a brush kettle. I bought the kettle and toaster and no, they mm. would have cost 90, 100 maybe for, oh, the, yeah. for them. Do you know what I mean? And... Uh, uh, <laughs> I started using it. I'll tell you when. I know. I, Did you put I, the water no, in it when you switched it no, on? No, like like. Did you burn the element out of it? Oh my God Almighty! <laughs> Jerry, you can't, you can't be making that much tea that it's gone already. Oh, we make a lot of tea. What do you oh, mean it's gone already? It, it's on the blink. I'm telling you, it's on the blink. And I just look at it and I hear when oh, I don't know. It, it's just not. I know, and we have hard water as well. It furs up mm. on the element inside. But I think we might have taken it out for the wedding. You know that. <laughs> I bought it at Christmas. That's only six months ago. And 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 it's on the oh, blink. Oh, no. The mo- there's a year guarantee with them, surely. Is there? I'm sure there is. Oh, she know me through box Where's the papers. receipt? Oh. I think they email your receipts now. <laughs> Do they? Mm. I'll have to check that. Anyway. Couldn't be gone after six months. No, 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 no. Not a kettle of, the, of that. But Aaron, kettles right. really throw away nowadays. They no. don't last. Kettles don't last. Why are you doing spending 90 quid on one then? I don't know me. I just go in and buy it. I just like the look of it. I like the look of it. I had a red one before that. I liked. I fell for that colour. Aldi, little. No, no, no. Mm. I bought that. Oh, excuse me. I bought that in Harvey Norman. I think too. Red kettle. I went in and looked at all these, and I said, "I like the colour of that one." Bought that one, but. I don't think kettles are built to last. You know, kettles. Most people, most people just have kettles for a short time and they're gone. No. Yes. How long would you get out of a kettle? It depends. Like we're in a hard water area, and and that really, really, you know, shortens Mm -hmm. the length of a kettle. Yeah, and it does. And everybody will tell you that. But what I do is I buy when I buy a kettle and a toaster. Yeah. Together in a set. Yeah. I buy. I, I pay the extra six quid or whatever it is for an extended warranty. Okay. So that if my kettle breaks in, I can't remember whether it's two or three years, I just bring it back to the shop and they give me a new one. Will they? Mm. Uh, well, depending on if the price has gone up, you pay the difference. Yes. But generally speaking... Does every shop do that? Does every shop offer you that I don't option? Know. I don't know. Oh, interesting. There you are. Now, now, I I learn something on this show every single day. Anyway, I want... I haven't really bought a new kettle in... (laughs) I just go back to the shop when it breaks and because I have that extended... You're clever. I just pay the extra if I want a different one or whatever. that Louise Walsh woman just... I'll tell you. She knows. It's worth it. Um, But listeners, help me here. I'm I'm looking for... Right, say I have to change. I'm going to investigate all you said there. Just put your cup into the microwave, (laughs) Jerry. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, listeners, uh, is there a brand of kettle you'd recommend or a type of kettle that you've got a bit of use out of? Anyone out there got a kettle long term? I'd say the most people would get out of a kettle is... Two years. Most. <laughs> Nobody keeps a kettle. You're right. I'd say maybe even shorter, beyond two years. Anyone help me with a brand or a make of a kettle? Like, what am I doing? Maybe I should uh, take the four off the inside of the kettle a bit cleaner with one of those things more often. Let me know. 086-1800-658. Will you help me here today, please? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. A kettle, a make. And anyone, I would say there's nobody out there with a kettle beyond two years.
what, what do you think? I'd say you'll find one. <laughs> do you think so? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, now I'm just going to be hopeful yeah. here on the positive well, side. Well, you see, you even yeah. said that you get about two, two years out of it and mm. it's, it's gone again. It's, it's just, you know, we are in hard water areas. Mm. Do you think... Uh, Am I better going? Like, I always pay a few pounds for it. I don't go for... You can buy them for little or nothing mm. in, in the multiples of that, I'm sure. And, I, and I've, I've had them in the past, but they've been brief encounters uh, of well, the... This one is a very brief encounter. Yeah, very brief. Mm. Very brief. Brief encounters of the of the kettle kind. Mm. Uh, wasn't there a movie kind. called something like that? Anyway, um, listen to this. Mark's been on to say, I don't use an electric kettle. I buy a whistle kettle to no. use on the cooker. It never lets me down. I stop buying electric kettles because you're right, Jerry. They do break oh. down. No, there's a man after my own heart. That Mark, costs more for the, Mark, for the hob now to good show up with the energy, though. Well, I, no. I, I, um, here's another one. Kevin, oh, the boys are... Uh, listen to this. Where are the women? It's the boys again. Kevin, I have... They're always breaking the kettles in, lads. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, listen to Kevin here. Jerry... Kevin in Carlingford. Hello, Kevin. Nice to hear from you this afternoon. I have a one cup boil this last four years, right? Well, that so sounds interesting. A one cup boil. Are they tiny little like are they, the kettles? Are they tiny or? little ones, Kevin, or what? A one cup boil kettle? Louise? Come sounds, sounds very interesting. Me, that is very interesting. But the whistle one is good. You know mm. what I mean? That kettle is obviously built for last. Do you remember that when the, ke- when the when the thing would whistle? Had you ever that at home in your mm. own house when it'd give the old whistle when nope. she'd come to the boil? No? No. Oh, we had them. Did oh, you? yeah. You no, used to put them on the gas. Sure, before the electric kettle was a, was a big thing. That's the way people, you know, boiled, put the kettle on the cooker, on the ring, on the gas ring, and she'd whistle away there and she'd be ready to, to make the scald for you. There you go. Isn't that interesting? Uh, Ke- I think Kevin's coming back to see. He's going to tell us about this one one cup kettle that he has. how you clean it? Vinegar? Uh, lemon juice? Or them little fuzzy things you drop into them? Um, yeah. And here's, there's another suggestion. Jerry, if you if you drink that much tea, buy yourself a boiler. <laughs> this is a listener. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. No holds barred. Buy yourself a boiler. We do drink a lot of tea. We love our tea. There's no doubt. You know, you put the kettle on, have a cup of tea at different times during the day or that. You definitely do. We do love our tea. And we, I, I do have a lot of it. Well, come on. Um, here's here's Kevin back. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Kevin, hold on. Will I try and find Kevin here? I'm just... Uh, normal size but only boils one cup at a time. You know what I mean? That's what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, he's right. Just, he only fills it to the, to the, to the one see. cup mark. We're with you now, Kevin. Gotcha. We're with you. We understand what you're saying there now. He only puts in that amount, so he does. The kettle conundrum on late lunch today. Can you help me? Recommend a kettle? Recommend a brand? I need a bit of help here. I'm hard on kettles. Oh, it just shows you the pace of news and the way it changes in the world since our news headlines. Just a couple of moments ago, breaking news. Rishi Sunak is to be the next Prime Minister of the UK. The Penny Mordaunt has just withdrawn from the contest. So he is now to be the single contender and will be announced and uh, made Prime Minister, I think, at some stage later today. So Rishi Sunak is the man. Just shows you great things come to those who wait, who would have taught six weeks ago. And now he is the main man. More to follow on our news a little bit later on uh, on the uh, 3 o'clock 
o'clock bulletin. Uh, thank you for all your help with my kettle situation. I'll be back to it, I promise you. And Kevin, well, Kevin has... You talked to us about, to us about the one cup kettle. I'll come back to that in a wee while. And you have loads of suggestions for me of what to do as my kettle uh, gives up the ghost after six months. Now, moving on on late lunch this afternoon, have you noticed a billboard campaign where you're listening to us today in your area? The, the headline says, what's the story? And I spotted one at Drogheda railway station, train station, but they're all over the place and they're intriguing. And as I saw it, a good friend of ours on the show actually contacted me and said, have you seen this? And I know what it's all about. He is Pastor Nick Park from the Solid Rock Church of God and he's with me on Late Lunch today to tell us more. Nick, you're so welcome back to studio. Hi, Jerry. It's great to be with you again. Thanks for joining me on the show. Well, 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 it certainly grabbed my attention and I'm sure many others as well. This has been a successful campaign. Well, it has, yes. Yeah, because I think people are sick of churches and other institutions claiming they know all the answers. So uh, we've just tried asking the right questions instead. And, you know, this is a campaign that... uh goes across 130 churches right across Ireland and people were asked, you know, what are the big things concerning you in your life? Isn't this right? That That's right. But the people that were asked these questions were not the people in the churches, but they were people on the streets. So, yes. So, for example, when we had the FLA here, there was people out asking people on the streets of Drogheda, if you could ask God one question, what would you ask him? Isn't that interesting? So it's just not confined to church members. It as everybody and anybody who have been involved in this survey have put the questions forward. And what you've done is you've really, you know, condensed it into six major questions. Yeah, there, it turned out there were six big questions mm. that people were asking. So we said, let's address these questions these questions and it's not an in-your-face thing you know it's uh you you see that you saw the poster there you have to actually uh, follow the qr code or go to the website to find out there's people sharing their stories on there because we're great storytellers in this country aren't we yes and 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 what you say there is really uh, heartening the church and people of the church don't have all the answers either and that is the reality of, of mankind and humankind Let's look at the six questions that, you know, and you have been part of uh, the group who've tried to address these questions, I want to say as well. So the first one is, I suppose we all ask ourselves this, and more today than ever, Nick, as you can realise what's going on in the world, is there anyone out there? Yeah, that was the first of the questions. Is, Is there a God? Is there anybody there? And sometimes people have tried to answer this by logical deduction and, and such like. But actually, the thing is with God, if he was there or not, it wouldn't really matter unless he was a God that is knowable, you know, that makes an actual difference to your life. So in answering that question, rather than addressing it from a scientific perspective, although we, we did have actually a professor in mathematics from DCU addressing it, but uh, the main way we tackled it was by people just to share why they found in their lives that there was somebody there when they needed him. Mm. So that is the thing. You can find him if you want him. He's there. Yes, that that was my experience yes. many years ago. Yes. And, and th- Which you that, told us here. We we've we've talked about it before. Yes. I was in a bad place mm. and uh, I thought it was all up with me. And then I, I, found, I found Jesus and he changed my life. And yeah. so uh, we allow people just to tell their story. 
Now, the second um, issue that came to the fore, and this is has been a big thing in Ireland in the recent past and going back as well, and we, so more seems to emerge even when you think you've dealt with all of it. People ask the question, how do I deal with guilt and shame? Yeah, that that is a difficult one, isn't it? Mm. Because... Uh, you know what, we, we can say I'm doing okay and we, we have this thing in Ireland, don't we, where when somebody asks you how you are, you say grand. And grand can mean anything. You know, grand can mean I've just had my leg amputated or I've just won the lotto. <laughs> it covers a lot. But, you know, deep down, a lot of people still struggle with guilt and, and with shame. And mm. uh, so, we, again, we allowed people to tell their story. And uh, on the Watch the Story website, there's a, there's a great video from a young man, actually a member of Solid Rock Church, who's a, a singer, was on the, the voice competition. Yes. And uh, he just shares about his experiences of suffering from abuse and the feelings that he was left with and how his faith helped him to come to terms with that. Mm, that's Matthew Suarez. Is that's it? Suarez, right. uh, excuse the pronunciation, but Matthew, uh, originally from Brazil, part yeah. of your community now. It's very difficult for somebody to, anybody to, you know, go public with this type it, it of It takes a lot of honesty mm. to open up. But but let's face it, Jerry. I mean, the very fact that the One in Four campaign and everything was able to bring things to light was because of that kind of honesty. So it's not just Christians. I think uh, we need honest people from all demographics and all sections of the community. My God, we need them there, Nick, more than ever in this world <laughs> of ours. There is no doubt about that. It's funny the word grand because it's a word I use too. And But when my family hear me say grand, they say, mm, not so sure. He needs to say a little more. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to dig a bit deeper. I dig a bit you? deeper on this one. Is right. Um, does life have a purpose? Now, it's another of the big, big questions. The purpose of our lives. Yeah, I think that that is a huge one. Because um, for me as a Christian, life having a purpose, it, it means an awful lot. Because the idea that you could go through this life and all the things you learn and, all, you know, you develop as a person and everything else. And then in the, in the end, it doesn't actually mean anything. That that would be really depressing, I think. So I think we all want to find a purpose and what our purpose is in life. Why, why are we here? You know? And we are here for a purpose. And it is short, Nick. I, we all get carried away. Sure, we all think we're going to live forever, yeah. don't you? We, but yeah, but if you didn't really then... The human race wouldn't carry on. Ah, well, you know, Jerry. I mean, I turned sixty in August, and I was feel. I have to say, I was feeling v- fairly old and decrepit. But I had the perfect birthday present. My wife and I went to Belfast, and Van Morrison was doing this live concert in in the square there. And uh, I looked at Van, who's what seventy six now, I think, and still rocking. And I thought, I have a bit of years in me left yet. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Inspiration from a legend, I have to say. And why not? Why yeah. not? Because whatever length we get in this life, be it brief, you know, mid or, or, or long as well, of course there's a purpose, isn't there? It, it's Yeah, and it's finding that purpose and making our life count. It certainly is. Now, the other one, beyond this existence, this was the next question. What lies beyond? Yeah. Well, I think for Christians, that's uh, for us, is that beyond the grave, there's a resurrection promise. There's a, there's a new life, a new, a new body. And uh, the Bible talks about death having a sting. You know, if, if there was nothing after death, death might seem a depressing prospect, but we wouldn't fear it. But people, you know, what's after it? And uh, I had an experience with my wife a few years ago. We went to the Bahamas and we saw a stingray experience advertised. 
And you get in the water with the stingrays and you hand feed them and you pick them up and, and everything else. But they've got their stingers removed. Ah. And, you know, I'm thinking it would have been a very different experience in the water with all those stingrays if they still had their stingers. And it's the same thing with death. For Christians, we believe that the sting of death has been removed. So we still die. But, you know, I had a little girl that died, a little disabled daughter died when, when she was just uh, four years old. And I remember her older sister was in the car with me shortly afterwards, and she was trying to process this. And I, we, it was a summer's day, and there was a truck driving past, and the shadow of the truck fell on our car. And I said to her, I said, Kirsty, would you rather be run over by the truck or run over by the shadow of the truck? And she had just turned six, but she knew the right answer. Yes. And for, for us, that's what we believe as Christians, is, yeah, we face the shadow of death, but death has lost its sting. Mm. Interesting. So what a fantastic analogy you made uh, there on on the spot. I understand why you do what you do now, to be honest. I always (laughs) have anyway. This is a big one now because we're on number five of six. Is the church part of the problem or part of the solution? And that is something that perplexes many Christians, many Yeah, particularly when people have been hurt. Because a lot of people, let's face it, in this country have been hurt by religion. They've been hurt by churches. They've been hurt by representatives from whom they expected better. And uh, I think sometimes we can get a a one-sided view of history where we just think the church is responsible for all the problems. But, of course, we have universities. We have hospitals. We have trade unions. we, We have workers' protection. Even our child protection laws came about through Christianity. Yes. The church hasn't always lived up to those ideals. Mm. But I think when the church works the way it should, it can be part of the solution rather than part of the problem. It has to have learned, hasn't it, Nick? You have to say this. God Almighty, you know, uh, with all that's happened as well. You would would love to believe that. Well, you'd love to believe that. But you know what? You're always going to get hypocrites. Now, now one way I look at it, Jerry, is this, that people only counterfeit something that's worthwhile. You know, you never heard of anybody counterfeiting a load of five-cent coins because they're not worth enough. But a lot of shops won't even take a 500-euro note because there's so many fake ones around because people counterfeit what is valuable. Mm. And that's why we get hypocrites in the church because they sense actually there's something worthwhile there. And and somebody once said to me, they said, I won't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. I said, sure, come along. One more won't make any difference. (laughs) (laughs) But... You know, for a man of God like yourself and many others across the denominations, it is a real challenge, this, isn't it? It it is. And whenever, you know, whenever a a church behaves badly or religious representative behaves badly, it affects all of us that are people of faith because we get tarred with the same brush. And, And I have a number of friends, for example, who are Catholic priests. And during the, when the scandals were at their height, they were, they had people shouting at them on the street and and they weren't the ones that had done anything you know and and the amazing thing of course is statistically priests are less likely to be abusers than many other than than the population in general but i think the thing is this when it comes to the church we don't just expect the church to be act as good as everyone else or as bad as everyone else we have an expectation they're going to be better and the church hasn't always lived up to that mm. That is so true. And finally, when we take this sixth big question, 
And, and it is another one. People look at the war in the Ukraine and look what's going on. The mass shootings in the United States, the famine in Somalia at the moment. Yet again, people dying uh, by the day and by the new time, children as well. And to summarise this question, where is God in this world of suffering? Yeah. And why does God allow it? Allow Cause it. Because that was the, the classic question by mm. Greek philosophers years ago. If they're, if God is all powerful, if God, you know, then why does he allow suffering? If he's good, why does he allow suffering? And I guess there's two answers to that. One would be an intellectual one, you know, a, a logical one. And that all boils down to choice, that if God gave us a choice uh, to choose good and evil, sometimes we're going to make the wrong choice. But we'd rather have a choice than not have a choice at all. You know, I'm, I'm a father. I remember the first time my daughter went out to ride a bike. I was terrified. I'm thinking of all the things that can go wrong with a child on a bike and roads. and But it was part of her growing up. And I wouldn't have been a good parent if I'd never allowed her to learn to ride a bike, you know. So our freedom allows us the freedom sometimes to do wrong. But, but Jerry, that's an intellectual answer. And that doesn't help you when you're hurting. Mm. It doesn't help you when you come face to face with suffering. And for me as a Christian, the big answer there is that Jesus weeps with us when we're weeping. And that the whole story of the cross is that Jesus suffered with us and and in our place. So he's not sort of up there detached from it all. And, and even with what's happening in the Ukraine right now, you know, I've been to the Ukraine about 10 times. I have a lot of friends out there. I, I've trained a lot of pastors in churches. And, and, you know, some of those pastors, they're over the age of 60. They could easily leave Ukraine because it's only the under 60s that are forced to stay for national service. And yet these guys, some of them quite old, are staying and serving their churches and serving communities and delivering food and under shell fire and the front lines and everything else. And for me, they are an evidence that God still cares, even in the midst of the terrible suffering that's going on there right now. When you think of that and, and, and people of faith in the church and men of the cloth and women have done that. You know, when we yeah. ponder that for a moment. Yeah. You've been on the front line in so many situations. Yeah. Now, there's been some rascals as well yeah. as men of the cloth. Yes. Uh, but there have been some who have really been sacrificial. Yeah. 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 So six big questions addressed. Uh, what's the story? 22.ie? That's the re- website. That is the yeah. website. It is well worth visiting, folks. And I, I know you are there answering or attempting to answer many yeah. of these as well, along with others. What's the story? 22.ie? It's fantastic. You've done a really great job. You have. You've set us all thinking and you've tried to address the big questions that are out there at the moment. Well done to you. Well, hopefully it'll provoke people to ask those questions and think about them a little bit more. Absolutely. Pastor Nick Park from the Solid Rock Church uh, in Drogheda. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Jerry. Oh, they were so big at one stage. Five and keep on moving on your late lunch this afternoon and we do keep on moving on the show Kevin's uh, Kettle Louise it's brilliant isn't it? Yeah it's like a great little Explain thing Explain to the listeners what it's it is It's kind of like a mini boiler isn't it? It is Like a, a little mini boiler and then you just with, with a little tap out of it and you just put your cup or your mug underneath and it pours out Kind of like a Coffee machine, but not coffee machine. Yeah, I'll tell you, they're cute up in Carlingford. Kevin McKeever and the crew up there know the score. It's a Breville hot cup, hot water. What's it, What's that Con- word I can't see? Dispenser, is dispenser, it? Dispenser, yeah. Dispenser. And it boils, you fill it. 
and it boils it and then you just pour a mug out of it. Yeah, w- boil water for a cup of tea using modern technology with this Breville water dispenser rather than boiling an entire kettle for a quick cuppa. It will dispense exactly the amount of water you need and not a drop more, saving energy, time and effort. Good. Yes, I'm the same here as you, Jerry. Kettle one, maybe to two years max. I always buy a good one uh, and it's not lasting much more. I also have a filter tap and it's great. Not much cleaning on my kettle, but still they're not built to last anymore, I'm afraid, says Valerie. Kathleen was on to say, get water softener, Jerry. We did that and it made a huge difference uh, with the kettles. Argus. Uh, valid kettle cost 8 to 9 euros bought 8 years ago still going yes I use my whistling kettle now with uh, Esberg costs always cleaned uh, the kettle with vinegar says Bernie this afternoon but we have somebody on the line who has a kettle that has had a long long life Cormac Byrne joins us from Balbriggan hello Cormac hello how, I, how are uh, you today tell us your story about your kettle Um. well I bought my kettle when I bought my house, which was back in 2003, and the kettle is still going. Now, I'm not a tea drinker, so that might be something to do with it, but the kettle does get used. Um, Now, Balbriggan's got very hard water, um, but the kettle has kept going. Good on you. And it's hard water in your area, isn't that right? Yeah, It is very hard. Yeah. Now, if you don't drink tea, of course, the listeners are saying, well, if Kevin doesn't, or if Cormac doesn't drink tea, uh, Jerry, what does he drink? What do I drink? Well, I drink coffee. Yeah. Um, and water, fruit juices. Yes. Type of thing. Um, a few beers every now and again. Of course, yeah. Like, our, you know, like the rest of us as well. But I'm getting at the kettle. So you really do boil the kettle for the coffee. Boil it for the coffee, but also it might be if I'm doing the dishes and I don't want to turn on the immersion. Yes. Just need a blast of hot water, I'd use it for that or stuff, stuff like that. Or mm. let's say um, if it was doing like the likes of the soup or something, I might yes. need hot water for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be as regularly used maybe as a lot of people. Right. Of course, if I have people over and they're having tea, they have it. Yeah, and you use it for them. But listen, I'm listening to you, Cormac. gets a fair bit of use now, right? You're not a mad tea drinker, but with all you tell me there, it's getting a fair bit of use, your kettle, and you have it 19 years. 19 years. I think, Cormac Bourne in Balbriggan, you have the longest-lasting kettle at 19 years. I don't think anyone can beat that. We're going to throw it out there and see can anyone beat that. I think Cormac has the title at the minute. He's heading for the Guinness Book of Records. I only get six months out of them. What the hell am I at? Cormac, you're a star. Thanks for joining us today in the show. We're going to see if anyone's better than you, but you're in the lead at the moment. Thanks. You're very welcome. Thanks a million, Jeff. Take care of yourself. No bother. Cormac Byrne in Bridget. 19 years. Can anybody Beat a kettle. That's 19. Louise, will that be beaten? That's a hell of a, so. a lifetime. Unless this one's still in a box somewhere. Well, no, no, listen, don't do that to us. <laughs> it has to be a used working kettle like Cormac's kettle there. Anyone better 19 years? He knows the day he bought it. He moved into the house. He's still using it. He hasn't had one since. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text us if you can top 19 years. I'm not so sure anybody can. Late lunch, LMFM Radio, reminding you again, in case you haven't heard, that Rishi Sunak 
will be the new Prime Minister of the UK, Penny Mordaunt. Uh, pulling out of the uh, contest. There's only two of them left in it and he will now be uh, made Prime Minister and take over leadership of a country that needs so much stability if you could get that or find it somewhere. But anyway, Rishi Sunak will be the new Prime Minister of the UK. More on our news coming up uh, at three o'clock this afternoon. Now, my next guest uh, joined me on Late Lunch some time ago and I spoke to her subsequently once and she's back with me today because her career is about to take off and she's giving great credit to LMFM Radio. Julie Burke, hello again. Hi, how are you, Jerry? I am really good. Well, that's good. Tell them you're new. Well, let's go back. Let, will, will you refresh the story? Take us back to when we I spoke will. first. Come on, tell them. Go on. Well, it started quite a while ago when a good friend of mine said to me, "Look, you're you're hilarious. You should do some videos online on on social media." So, I started off with Instagram, and it was a little bit kind of you know, Instagram's a bit hard to break and. I joined TikTok and the very first video I did, um, yourselves had very kindly contacted me and asked me, can we put this up on our, our page? It's hilarious. And I said, sure, yeah, of course. And it went viral. I think it had 175,000 views at the mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, it just kind of took off from there. And it's it's just basically been the take on the Irish mammy. So a lot of it is very lighthearted. Um, just making fun and kind of making people laugh about the funny things that Irish mammies do and um, it's just exploded. Yeah, I've (laughs) I've had my first gig booked and I'm thrilled. Where are you on stage? Tell us. I will be in the Kilcornan Lodge on the 6th of January for Women's Little Christmas. So these are women that follow me and said we would love if you would come down and just make us laugh. We really need it. It's been so long since we've been able to get together and do this. Um, and obviously Women's Little Christmas is a, a time-honoured tradition in Ireland. So I said, absolutely, I would love to. Well, I really like this because Little Christmas is something we mark uh, each year yeah. We uh, on the show here, uh, Nullug Naman. And, yeah. you know, uh, it's great to hear now that this is to become part uh, of that celebration. But here's the thing, Julie, I have to put to you, and I don't mean to unnerve you in any way. <laughs> Doing a TikTok video is one thing. Up in front mm-hmm. of a live audience, little different. It is. It's a little bit different, but I, I suppose I've always been very comfortable uh, in public and in front of people and presenting and even in my own career. I mean, I, I present to people all the time. It, it, I don't know why, but it just doesn't. It doesn't phase me. It's not the type of thing that makes me nervous. Um, I'll probably have butterflies maybe five minutes before I go on, but that would be literally the, the, the beginning and the end of it. Um, but I'm just really looking forward. I suppose I just feel like I'm among friends, too that these are people that actually follow me, get the comedy and enjoy it. Um, and it's just about being a little bit clever with it. But I, I do, I hear what you're saying. It's very different to sit and think about what you're going to say as opposed to actually having a whole act rehearsed yes. for the night. Yes. And, and sh- shooting from the hip, reacting to the audience. But listen, that comes with time and practice. And, you know, uh, you've shown on the TikTok that you, you can do it. The other thing is... Um, you know, you you think about stand-up comedians and women, and I think of our own Deirdre Kane from this yes. neck of the woods here, who's absolutely flying it going around the country at the moment. Absolutely. And if you look across to England, Ashling B is one that comes to mind, and more yes. besides, Irish women are doing it. They are. Look, 
I'm a huge fan. Anybody that follows me knows that I'm not just a huge fan of women in comedy, but I'm a huge fan of women in business. I've done a lot of support work for them, and I recently just did some work there with Des and uh, Laura Grufferty. I just absolutely love to see women out there doing their thing and and just enjoying what they're doing. And that's that's the thing for me is I get so much pleasure out of people saying, oh, you just really made my day. You made me laugh so hard, and I really needed that today. Um, and so, yeah, I mean... I, I just can't wait. I'm actually going to see a comedian next weekend, Reginald D. Hunter. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm secretly doing my research. I'm there to enjoy it, but I'm going to be doing a bit of research as well, Jerry. <laughs> oh, good on you. He's brilliant. Oh, he's, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's one, one of the funniest you can you can come across. And I'm sure you pick up things live at the Apollo. I'm a great fan of it. And there's a great Love mix it. of stand up there. I'm sure you're, you, you watch that too. So are Irish mammies, you know, you know, traditionally like... Irish mammies were, you know, the butt of laughter at times with different things. You know what I mean? Are they as funny today? You think women today, Irish mammies, are as funny as their predecessors? Oh, look, I I actually think, right, now just hear me out on this. The 80s Irish mammy got a lot of credit for being the toughest mammy, okay? Okay. But they did not raise children during lockdown. Mm. The, The kids were gone, Jerry. They were gone all day. They were in the school for most of the day and when they came home they were told to go outside and play certainly in my house that was the rule so um, I think that the modern day mother should take the mantle of toughest mom because we had to raise them at home yeah. um, and so you really start to realise as well who your favourite child is when, you ha- when you're stuck with them in the house all day you do start to <laughs> it starts to show it's easier to hide when they're gone all day but when they're at home all day the favourite starts to show, you know. Uh, so it's, it's tough. Yeah, and of course, it, today, uh, you talk about back in the 80s. Well, it was emerging then and changing. But, you know, there was the tradition of a, lo- a lot of women stayed at home and looked after the home with their children when they were rearing them. But nowadays, you have the massive juggle. And it's huge. And some women, indeed, uh, you know, are the main uh, breadwinners in homes. Absolutely. Look, I'll take the credit for that here. I'm not, but I'll I'll let him think I am. But uh, like I would say that it it makes us even tougher because, you know, at the end of the day, I I say it all the time, just because I'm a full time working mum, it doesn't make me a part time parent. I don't get to go part time in the parenting role. Um, I have to do that full time as well. Like, you know, um, my, my husband, who I love very dearly, volunteered me recently for the local bingo on a Friday night. And I thought, that's fantastic, you know, because I don't have enough on my face at the moment. So now this is our couple's weekend out as we, we go and volunteer at the local bingo. Um, because, you know, he, he obviously felt I didn't have enough on my face at the moment. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you're a soft woman. You're a soft woman. No, you're not. Thoughts and prayers for him, Jerry. Thoughts <laughs> and prayers for him because, uh, yeah, I wasn't impressed. But I, I have to admit, I actually love it. We love being out yeah. in the community and we love doing things mm. in the community. Mm. Um, so, and now that I'm becoming the local community celebrity, like, you know, it's, it's even better. You know, it's, it's even more fun because I was recognised at the bingo the other night, which my husband thought was absolutely hilarious. Well, yeah, I, I ain't one bit surprised. You'll be recognised in many places which you're following that you've developed online. What else? Give me a quick observation, another one before we go, to a taster for what's going to happen in well, uh, at, the lodge. I have to say that, you know, the one that went viral was the, the Irish mummy in the supermarket and the kids shoving stuff into the trolley and you're like talking through your teeth. Now, Jerry, you won't be familiar with this, but us mammies go to the, the shop and with three kids swinging out of a trolley and they're shoving it to name and you're, you're looking at the local neighbour and you're ah, 
Mary, Mary, if you put one more seat into that trolley, I'm going to kill you in front of Mary and I don't care who sees it, all right? The Irish Mary has this great talent of giving out to the children and issuing serious threats whilst also smiling and nodding at the local neighbours up the supermarket, which I just love watching this go on. And now that my kids are older, I see these mums struggling and I'm like, I see you, girl. I know exactly what you're doing right now. And, you know, you describe it so well. That's a lovely smile. And yet the teeth are gritted and talking ventriloquism. You know, that ventriloquism. Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah, you do. Absolutely. And you're talking to them. And, and, and you know, you have to try and keep the right side out with everybody. But the right side also when you go up to the uh, to the scanner or wherever and you have to pay for all in sundry. And by God, can they load trolleys. So... Uh, you're on on the 6th of January your first gig and yeah. God almighty you know that can lead anywhere when you start your stand up and we know. wish you well for that and I'm delighted to catch up with you today you know going back to that first time and we were delighted here to be of help to you in uh, putting you out there on TikTok uh, but now it becomes a reality thank you for joining me and Julie uh, we'll keep in touch wish you well Jerry, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate all your help. Not at all. God bless you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. That's Julie Burke, who is uh, about to take off on a stand-up career and good honour. Just to mention to you that the Loud Volunteer Centre have been talking to us. The Loud Volunteer Awards 2022. Just to let you know that the date has been extended slightly. It's not closing now on the 23rd. The closing date for submissions is midnight on October 28th. October 28th is the closing date. So, if you'd like to nominate somebody, uh, do you know somebody in your area perhaps organises a clean-up, helps in the local community, uh, whatever. If you'd like to su- nominate somebody who is doing something and not, maybe under the radar, not really looking for any credit or anything like that, they're the type of people that the uh, Loud Volunteer Awards are recognising. Here's a great opportunity because... It's just so good and it's so nice to be acknowledged for what you're doing, especially when you don't expect it. If you'd like to nominate somebody in County Louth for an award this year, get onto the website. You can check it out. Volunteerloud.ie is the website. Volunteerloud.ie. Or if you want to email them, it's info at volunteerloud.ie. Go on. If there's somebody you'd like to put forward, do it now. The date's extended to the 28th of October. Or you can call them on 041-980-9008. That's 041-980-9008. There's loads of people out there deserve the recognition. Our woman in the UK, Dundalk, Sheila Bailey, is on the line again. Afternoon, Sheila. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Well, I'm just hoping here, myself and Louise are hoping for your third time, Lucky. Boris, Liz, <laughs> and now Rishi is to be the new Prime Minister. What's going on, Sheila? Well, I mean, the whole thing is shambolic. It's embarrassing. I can't find words to describe what's been going on. It's, it's just been a horror show to watch. Sadly, I'm not sure it's over. Oh. Um... Well, the thing, I I was looking at some of the old um, video of Rishi, you know, first time round, and he was very polite and very, um, well, he just treated everyone with respect. When he was being interviewed, he didn't interrupt people. He answered the question. He was, he was very, he was, he was just the sort of person you imagine he is in real life. And it is, repeatedly, his advisors told him he had to get more aggressive and, 
if you look at the end um, battles with Liz Truss, he interrupted her non-stop and he was, he was edgy. Mm. And I just don't think he'll stand up to the scrutiny he's going to get. Um, I, don't, I don't believe this is going to be long at all. I'm, I'm really disappointed because we have enough crisis on our hands at the moment without dealing with internal ones. Mm, that's uh, worrying to hear because there's no doubt he, he warned Liz Truss about our policies. We know that. It's quite clear. He said, you're going to court disaster, which happened. His, they're looking at him now to say, steady it down, steady the ship, stability. I know what you're saying, the tone changed, but again, let him go back to what he was and being himself and, and using his experience in Cabinet to hopefully lead. But here's the thing that everybody's saying, uh, and I'd like your opinion on it, Sheila. At this stage, is it not better or is it really inevitable that a general election will have to be called and let the people have their voices heard? Well, of course, that's what we're trying to avoid, and there's lots of reasons to avoid it. Um, I would I would want to avoid it, clearly, because, you know, I'm not a Labour Party supporter, mm. but also because we're going into the depths of the winter, the turnout will be low if you have a winter election. Um, I honestly don't think we can afford to divert all our attention from running the country, from dealing with the problems we have, from the cost of living crisis. Um, to, you know, because electioneering, you know what it's like. It, it, it's all... Encompassing, you have to devote yourself to it and forget about everything else. And I don't think we can, we can, um, we could deal with that right now. Mm. Um, I, I, I know uh, Labour would be uh, not your cup of tea to be elected as government, but the Conservatives, they're 12 years there now. We've been through the Brexit, the whole Brexit thing, the Northern Ireland thing is still up in the air. The trade deals haven't been done elsewhere in the world. I was reading uh, the editorial of the Observer uh, newspaper yesterday, and my God, uh, they don't hold back in pointing out that where this all emanated from back with Cameron and uh, an element of the Conservative Party, and they're really saying that, you know, this is the fallout from Brexit. Now, I know you, you're you a fan of Brexit yourself, Sheila, but what do you say to all that? Um, I think what you say... Is, now, I'm, I'm probably not going to please you by what I'm going to say next because it, it's a bit too close to home. Part of the problem, I think, that we have here is that our media is essentially all left-wing. Mm. And so when we should have been uh, perhaps concentrating on this is the government we have, these are the policies we have, and this is what we're going to do. It was more a case of ripping things apart and throwing things in the air. And actually, I think that's what would take Rishi Sunak down, because I would say rather than, you know, the news desks in BBC and Channel 4 sitting there thinking, well, what's he going to do now? What is his plan? How is he going to deliver it? It would be a case of, you know, well, is he worth 730 million or 731 million? Mm. Is his wife paying enough tax? Why does he have three houses? You know, it, it would be, it would all come down to personalities. And I mean, you know, all politics is local, as we say at home. But I think that will, that will be one of the, that will be the, the biggest challenge he'll have is, is the fact that he is so, and it's Labour's big stick to hit him with, he is so far removed from the person in the street that he won't feel what people are going through right now. And I must say, it is really noticeable now the cost of living is going up drastically. Just ordinary things in the supermarket, you know, I'm doing a double take and thinking, oh, it wasn't that price last week. Mm. Um, 
so I, I think I, I, I think it is inevitable that everybody, instead of concentrating on running the country, on getting things back on track, will be just pushing to find fault so that there is a reason. You see, that's that's what happens, though. You know, scrutiny is the job of the media, and they will definitely scrutinise them inside out. And of course, I know you say about the the the, the leaning to the left, but of course, there's a huge uh, element of conservative, uh, you know, uh, involved in, in media as well. That that needs to be said. Anyway, look at Sheila. I have to leave it there today. I'm just glad to get you for a few minutes. I wish you well. I hope it's third time lucky. <laughs> I do too, Jerry. I do too. <laughs> Thank you for being so cooperative and joining us at the drop of a hat. I really do appreciate it. Oh, Bye, God. Sheila. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We watch with interest. My God, you know how much I love my sport, but the best sport at the moment is watching politics in Britain for sure and it is no laughing matter Kettles go to Kevin McAllister and West Street and draw this as a listener my kettle's still going after five years and it's never off said Teresa hi Jerry. electric kettles are very hard on power your option is that whistle kettle in my opinion now you have (laughs) go on go on complicate it for us all tell us more about you and your kettle I bet you everybody does it you reboil the kettle do you do it yeah, of course. As in, you boil the kettle and you have the cup of the tea and everything ready and the kettle goes, boils and the little switch goes off. Yeah. And then just before you pour the water, you just boil it again just to make sure it hasn't gone down a degree. Do you always do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, there you are. We have something really similar. I do the same. I do Doesn't the same. everybody? I, I suppose they do. She'd have to to make sure it's just given that bubble. I know, but if you're there and it's gone by five seconds, like it's a bit OTT. <laughs> Fine if you were outside and you came in and it had boiled and you go right. I know. Okay, it's a minute. But. I know, but I think I think I think we get a we get a, a star for that today. That's a good thing to do mm-hmm. because you're sure, absolutely sure to be sure the water is piping hot to give you the best possible tea or coffee. Now you're a coffee drinker though, aren't you? I am a coffee drinker. Would yeah. you, Would you ever have tea? Used to always drink tea until I gave up sugar, and now I can't drink sugar tea without sugar, so I don't drink tea. And you put sugar in your coffee? No. Oh, no, I gave well, up. good I on gave you. I up that a few years ago. Good on you. Well that. done, well done. I just couldn't, oh, I couldn't take sugar in tea. Are you joking? And a lot of people do put a little sugar into their coffee just to, to take the edge mm. off it. I, I know that as well, but no, sugar in those type of drinks, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm the same. Even if it's even if it's only 30 seconds and I go even over... Even if you're again. standing right beside it yes. and it's close clicks, you just do it again. Yeah, you just, just hit it again just, just to make sure. Yeah. And, and then the water goes out all over the place and you nearly scald yourself putting it into the cup boss stop what are we like what are we like anyway louise this time on late lunch at this time today would you just hit the kettle there the late lunch artist Boiling of hot. the week artist <laughs> of the week it certainly is today because my artists of the week this week were formed in union city new jersey just outside new york in 1968 comprising george cummings ray sawyer and Billy Francis, who were all previously in a band called the Chocolate Papers. They were joined by Dennis LaCorriere, it's a long name that, LaCorriere, and called themselves Doctor Who and the Medicine Show, a name inspired by Sawyer's eye patch, which he wore following a near-fatal crash in 1967. Incidentally, they shortened the name to simply Dr. Hook in 75. They performed for a couple of years in their own backyard before some of their demo tapes were picked up by Clive Davis of CBS Records, 
who signed them up in 1970. A great move which saw Doctor Who become a huge success internationally over the next 12 years thanks to songs like this. Years from now I want you years from now And I'll hold you years from now As I love you tonight Yeah, I love Doctor Who, I really do. My artists of the week this week and that one years from now and I'll tell you more about them and bring you more of the wonderful songs between now and Friday around about this time on your late lunch. Trader Lodge Daycare Centre opened with a fanfare earlier this year and it really is a wonderful uh, facility at the heart of the community in the North East, much in demand, but it takes money to keep the show on the road. And with this in mind, uh, I'm going to have a chat for the next while with Anne Short, who's been rattling the buckets for years and our dream came through this year when Trader Lodge opened. And Leonora Riley, she's a local artist as well. Welcome, ladies, to the show. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> Thanks for joining me both. Anne, if I could start with yourself. Well, look, uh, the place is busy, isn't it? You're, the demand is huge. Oh, look, Jerry, we've had a waiting list for the last six months, I have to tell you. And just this week now, we got permission to open for our fifth day, which means from next Monday on, we'll have five days open to, the, to our clients. Um, we have about 11 clients going in on a daily basis now at the moment, and we hope to extend that up to about 15 or 16 um, we're still under tight restrictions, unfortunately, with COVID, and we still have to keep our meter distance apart and everything. So, you know, where we will eventually be at 24 people, it's just going to take a little while to get there, but it's, it's just fantastic, and everybody loves it, absolutely love it, Jerry. Ah, it's you wonderful, answer. Yeah, I was yeah, there myself and saw the place. What you've achieved is marvellous, and, you know, the people and families you are helping uh, can't thank you enough for the assistance that you give. But, as I said a few moments ago here, the show, keeping it on the road, costs money. You need money. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we've been blessed in the sense like the community of South Lyre and East Mean have been so good for to us over the last 20 years. We had raised over 800,000, as you know, Jerry, and we got 200,000 from a leader grant. And, you know, it cost us a million to build the centre. We did it within budget and within our time scale. So we're so proud of ourselves for doing that, Jerry. It's not a lot of builders that can say that they built within their budget. Mm. So we're blessed. We're blessed, yes. I have to say. But only for the communities, it wouldn't have been done. So, you know, I can never say thanks enough to everybody out there who donated, even if it was a few bob in a bucket at a flag day or whether it was having a fundraiser for us, they all shared in getting this building built so they can all take a, a, a clap on the back to themselves for doing their part, you know. So, so yeah, it's great. But, yeah. yeah, so we have our running costs, yes. too, Jerry, now, yes. which is the thing that we want to keep going. And the event we have now on Friday, and I'll let Leonora tell you all about that because, you know, it is one of the things that's so important to keep these things going. We don't need to have a huge scale, but we do need to keep it going too. Yes keep ourselves funded, you know. Yeah, well, let's bring uh, Leonora Riley into the uh, conversation. Welcome to the show, Leonora, and thank you. I just got the auction booklet from you while I was on air here, and I've been perusing uh, the artwork that you have for sale. You have a wonderful range between amateur and professionals, locals and artists from all over the country. All over the country, yeah. I um, We have 
it started off, Jerry, with um, a group in Balbriggan, the Single Lighthouse Art Group had um, about five artists and they had donated um, a set of art, about 15 or 17 pieces of art to um, Noel Heaney at the time, he was our chairperson. And um, before COVID, so we could do nothing with them. So we um, sat down myself and Anne about a month or two months ago and tried to see what would we do, how could we, you know, fundraise and, and use the art and... Um, between the two of us, they came up with the art auction, and I kind of, I had um, done the Light Plain Air Art Festival, and um, there was about 50 artists that turned up this year between Carlingford and Beauty House in July. So I put kind of feelers out. I said, look, it's not, it's no obligation. It's just an ask. If would you be interested? I wear many hats. This is one of them. Would you be interested in donating the painting? And within an hour, 16 of them came back and said that they would. So I never expected that really to be honest. Mm. That's a great response and a wonderful selection. As I said, I've been looking at them here. There are 44 artworks in total and you've produced this catalogue now. The important thing now is to push this catalogue out there because it's happening next Friday night. Where can people Mm -hmm. get a look at this catalogue or get hold of it? They, um, on the on the night, I think we're going to have the brochure available okay. on the night, and we're going to have it on our social media. Um, I'll let Anne tell you about that. Yes, yeah, so it'll be on social media that people can look at. Mm-hmm. This is important, and you're going to put it up on Trader Lodge, are you? Yes, we'll put it on on our Trader Lodge Facebook page. I'll, I'll also put it on my own, and if people want to share it for us, yeah. that would be great. We'll put it on our Instagram page, um, and we we'll, we we'll hope to get the message out there. But as Leonora said, we'll have it. For people that are coming, um, there is there's also a Q code on our on our page that you can see, and and also the um, the, the well, you can go and buy the ticket. You know, if if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. The, the link for the ticket. Sorry. Yeah, but um, you know, it's we're we're going to be restricted with people that we can bring into the hotel, of course, and so we we would ask people either to go in and book with Eventbrite because that guarantees then that we have those people coming. We know we want to have a little a little reception so we know how many people are going to attend so that we can, you know, get the reception in place and have the numbers in for the hotel and that. Mm. So it makes life easier. So, you know, I would say to people, like, if you, if you fancy coming and, you, you know, you're coming to support us by buying a piece of art, please go in and sign up with Eventbrite for us and that'll make things much, much easier for us, you know. Um, of course, I'm, I'm sure if one or two came on the on the night at the door and wanted to come in to buy something, we oh, won't refuse you. You're not going to be run away, that's for sure. <laughs> um, no. Is there, a, is there a, 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 an entrance fee to the uh, night itself, Anne? Yes, when you when you do the event, right, you're buying a ticket basically, yeah. and it will be ten ten euro. Yes, and that ten euro will actually go towards the cost of the night yeah. course because, yeah. as, as you say there, Jerry, it, it's all about making money for the centre and uh, the running costs of the centre, which will be kind of expensive now that gas and electricity and everything going up. Like you know, when we budgeted yeah. at, at the start of the building, like you know, we didn't have those factors there because it wasn't really an issue. But now, of course, everybody's in the same boat. So, yeah, the ten euro cost will cover, uh, will partly cover the night's uh, okay. activity. So, so that's it'll be, it'll be great. To, to, yeah. to defray the cost. Uh, starts at what time in the D Hotel in Drogheda? 
We're starting, doors are open at 7.30 and we hope to start at 8. We have a, a lovely speaker coming. <laughs> you might know him, Jerry. His name is Jerry Kelly. He's going to do the auction for us. <laughs> yes, I'll be there, folks, on Friday night because I'm just delighted to assist uh, this oh, We wo- have to give you a little plug, Jerry. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, I'm there and I'm going to have the gavel and I'm going to try and knock these uh, works down. There's a guide price mm. on the brochure, which you'll see, which will be available online now. But Leonor, I have to finish up in a half a moment. Well done to you. You've done a great job, Leonora. Oh, thank you very much. Well, we, we put our heads together and kind of came up with it together, so we're kind of keeping each other going. But um, the brochure, <laughs> the, the Eventbrite link and, and all of that, um, once that's there, that means people can see that yes. it works. We did yeah, actually yeah. have, um, at the Motor Show, we did have a all day on Saturday. We had uh, all the artists up for auction. We had it all out on display in um, the Methodist Church. Church. Yes, there were lots of people called. There yeah. was a few people called in there. Yes, there was indeed. And a lot were interested just even to come in to see the doors yeah. open. They want to see the church as well. Yeah. But no, it was great to see people coming okay. in. Okay. Well, folks, I have to leave it there today. 7.30 Friday, the D Hotel. Book your tickets online with Eventbrite. Tenor, snip at the price. Look at the artwork and the brochure. If you want a bid, come along. And uh, Friday night, all money's going to trade a lodge a wonderful wonderful cause thank you both for joining me thank you Jerry. take care of yourself see you then bye and short and leonora riley there and i'm looking forward to it myself tomorrow on late lunch if you uh, suffer with any thyroid problem you might want to be with us tomorrow on the show we have a very interesting feature on it for you two on tuesday and more besides eddie caffrey's coming next with the drive on lmfm radio so stay with us here uh, on uh, 95.8 all the uh, the uh, bands and of course online and the app as well download the app and listen to us there lmfm.ie when you uh, head out, if you're going for your little walk around this evening, do take a look at the autumn colours all around us in the trees. I meant to mention it. It's absolutely magnificent. Take it in. Enjoy it. The last of the light, because the clocks are changing, remember, this coming weekend too. So it's a nice evening. If you can get out and about, enjoy the beautiful autumn colours here in little old Ireland. That's it for this Monday afternoon. Talk to you tomorrow, Tuesday, half one. Eddie's on his way. See you then. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.